So you know how we've determined my child is a little bit of an evil genius? A little? Like, yeah. Okay. So he comes in from school the other day, and he I guess they, during aftercare, they did, like, a, one of those videos where you can, like, draw something, you know, and they go step by step. Mm-hmm. So he's like, uh, we were doing a draw a Grinch thing, and I accidentally made the head too big, so I, so I decided to make it, his head like a hologram head. So I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. That's a good solution. And he goes, yeah, he's the Grinch from the future. Because the current Grinch, when he was trying to destroy Christmas, he failed. But my Grinch won't be a failure. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's like, like so my God. Your son is a little frightening. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like, because if he fails, he's just a hologram head. He can come back in the future and try again until Christmas is destroyed. So... <laughs> that's what happened in my house wow do wait wait do you guys celebrate christmas i mean the the fun parts of it yeah <laughs> I, I he likes christmas actually i don't know okay. where that came from he was just being fun like he was just being the him fun parts of it the eggnog and the gift giving yeah pretty much the the, the pretty the pretty flashing lights the charcuterie time to cut him off from the eggnog yeah, the charcuterie platters the pretty lights yep, the uh you know the hunting the uh christmas eve reindeer <laughs> the hiding of the christmas eggs yeah the uh <laughs> we go to a haunted house periodically exactly. yeah it's a it's a haunted christmas house yeah so, so what are we doing tonight This is the Give Me Five podcast, episode 222, side A. And I'm back, baby. I'm back from my drunken boat ride. So we may talk a little bit about that, but we'll also talk about other things. Uh, Some entertainment things, some pop culture, some entertainment news, movies, books, Florida. You know, kind of whatever catches our eye. My name is Gilligan, and I'm joined by Marianne. Hi. And a jockstrap made from coconuts. Look, you might not think I'm comfortable, but I'm going to keep your nuts very safe. (laughs) And somewhat hairy. Somewhat hairy. A little bit itchy. But, you know, just be gentle. Don't run too far. You'll be good. Not sure why I'm from Queens. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's fine. You saying coconuts can't be from Queens, huh? Huh? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Fuck you. My cousin, he's going to break your goddamn knees. Yay. (laughs) wait what this week we're gonna talk about amazon primes the wheel of time the documentary black holes the edge of all we know and a book series called the uh the royal institute of magic by victor kloss we were almost talking about the kenny g documentary that i happened upon last night that was fucking fascinating okay really like it was yeah i guess whatever my wife was watching earlier in the evening on hbo she fell asleep and i got in there in the there was a kenny g documentary and like like this dude's cool and he's good at everything okay i'm yeah. gonna watch that all right but are it's, you surprised that he's good at everything yeah he's like a scratch golfer he's like people say like people from the golf channel are like he's the best musician like best 
golfer musician. Like, if he was a full-time golfer, he would be a champion. Better than Alice hmm. Cooper? How dare you? I know, right? And, like, he's also very good at the saxophone, apparently. And then <laughs> there's something else. Oh, and he's also, like, a really good chef, too. Interesting. But, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's... Okay. But this is the Kenny G podcast. <laughs> I'm Kenny H. They I'm told him that they... Uh, the, the thing I found funny and actually made me laugh out loud, they, they told him that they wanted him, they wanted to market him to a young urban teenage market back when he was getting started. And he's like, you know, I'm a Jewish saxophone player from Seattle, right? It's mm. like, I don't even know what the urban market means. The Seattle thing makes sense. He has that Seattle sound. Yeah. But anyway, so, continue. <laughs> well, um, this is a review show. There will probably be spoilers. We don't do it on purpose. We're not trying to be mean. Um, but we usually try to avoid major twists. So if we're talking about something that you have not seen, read, listened to, um, you know, divined, whatever, then use your own discretion and maybe come back to it later, you know, so we don't... Uh, sure. Pleasured one's self, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, Are you, you still haven't sent me a selfie. Because that Black Hole documentary was fabulous. <laughs> it was. I didn't watch it, actually. So many meanings. It meant I didn't have to clean up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I, no, I just saw something on here that um, that I did not know about and I'm very interested in. Something about Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. It's it's actually... Are, are, are we... Okay, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I want to go on to that because, like, I'm super excited about this movie, you know? It's well, you know, it it started tonight, right? I thought it came out the twenty second or something. Like uh, that. it it is in theaters tonight. Oh shit! Okay, bye. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I've had fun. Bye. Um, guys. <laughs> it's been fun. Well, we gotta go. Got stuff to do. I don't know why I thought um, it was later this week. It is well. I mean, Friday is the day that movies typically come out, but with like big releases. No, I meant like a couple of days before Thursday. Christmas. I think I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Anyway, sorry. no, there's another one that comes out the 22nd. I don't remember which one it is, right. but it's it's another big one. I'm not totally crazy. Um, but yeah, Spider Man is actually apparently doing very well in the pre-sell ticket area. Um, so much so that it's it's a little bit behind the pace of uh, Avengers Endgame. Interesting. We were uh, when we were recording one of the weeks, a couple weeks ago. When is I happened to get a message on my phone that it crashed the ticket sales yeah. online. Wow. Yeah, it, it crashed a couple of the uh, ticket sale sites. Uh, they're actually scalping tickets for this. You know, scalping is not anything new in 2020, 2021. But um, yeah, there, there there are tickets that are listed at like at like fifteen hundred dollars or some shit. Oh, that's and, ridiculous! You know, they have people actually watching them. I don't, I, I don't know that people are actually seriously considering buying them. They just want to see what they sell for. But yeah, it, ridiculous. There's been so much hype about surprises and cameos and things like this in this movie, and they've released a lot of them. But I think everyone is expecting other ones that haven't been released. Like they were, like these were the the little the bait for mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And people, I think a lot of people want to see it early because there's a lot of people I know that are like, you know, I'm going radio silent until Sunday when I have my when I have my Spider-Man tickets. Yeah, people, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, saying they're not going to be on for a while because they don't want to be spoiled. Right. 
I just don't understand people's need to jump on there and do that. Yeah, that is to weird. To be assholes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, did you see this part in this movie where so-and-so did uh, this oh and this guy died? And it's like, what the fuck? That makes me fuck, nuts. Dude? Yeah. But I'm excited about it. I'll, I'll try to convince the boy to see it. I actually just... Uh, per- uh, Venom, the spider... Venom 2 came out for purchase, I think, on the 17th. I don't know if that's today or a couple days ago or something. That's but, tomorrow. Okay, well, it, it was supposed to come out on the 17th, um, but I bought it today. So I'm going to watch nice. it with the child at some point. I watched the first, like, 20 minutes of it. I still haven't seen that um, one. So I will be able to chime in about that. There's a bunch of movies that are actually, like, starting to hit streaming that I'm going to be able to watch that I haven't seen. So with with Spider-Man's um, success at the pre-sale market, and that I, I think I saw that, that it's tracking to to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 290 million hmm. opening weekend okay that's opening weekend that's a wow. well that's uh, avengers was what 315 that's or something end game i think was 315 yeah i'm not sure but i mean those those are obviously the largest numbers that we've seen since everything shut down for covid um, do you do you think that we might be headed back towards uh, people willing to go out and and be in packed movie theaters? I think for marquee films, yeah, yeah. I think I remembered. Um, I think the Matrix one comes off the twenty second. Yeah, that's double releasing though. That's releasing on digital too. And is it? So I'm. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so can, that I can watch it for free on something I'm already paying for. Actually, I get it free with my phone. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, there is another big release coming out. I think later this month that is that is sticking to the movie only and the the typical movie slash uh, video release schedule. And that is. Are you telling me or are no, you asking? I'm, I'm as, I was asking. Oh, yeah, I, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember reading about it. There's another big one that's coming out that's doing that. It's not a DC thing. I think those. I think movies are back. I think they're slowly but surely coming back. But I don't think they're going to stop the digital release. I think that'll probably keep going. Maybe it'll. Just, I think it's going to be sooner because I mean Disney, the uh, Encanta came out a little less than a month ago, and it's going to be coming out on Disney Plus on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. So you think the you think it'll like just the timetable moves put, up. Put, yeah, they're gonna push. I just think they're gonna to push the. Is it is it coming out free on yeah. Christmas Eve or is it coming out for like paid free. access? Uh, free. Wow. On Disney okay. Plus. I think according to the ad at the top of the screen, yeah. the Disney Plus screen. Um, I think it's really it's gonna depend on the movie. Honestly, yeah, agree. You know, there are some movies. There are some movies that will bring people out to the theater because they like the theater experience for those kind of movies. Um, movies that look big. I think that smaller theaters are going to do very well with, um, I'm saying artsy, but I don't necessarily mean hoity-toity artsy. I mean, you know, smaller, more intimate, like, character pieces, like something like The Enzian. Um, there's actually a movie at The Enzian. It's like a new Bradley Cooper movie, like Nightmare Alley or something. Oh, yeah? It looks pretty It looks really good. Uh, Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper, and that's coming to The Enzian near us. And, like, that's the first one I've seen advertised recently that I'm like, that looks kind of interesting. Enzian's been around for uh, so long. Crazy. Like, I don't know anything about it, but because I don't want to know anything about it, but the commercial makes it look a little bit Jacob's Laddery. And and that could be just because of the name, but I'm intrigued. 
on that one. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's really going to depend on the movie and if the movie theaters decide or if the movie studios put their foot down and say, "Okay, this is only going to the theater and if you want to see it and not be spoiled, do it then." Or wait 2 months and you will already know everything about it and watch it at home. Well, that actually makes sense when you say it that way. Um it's true that movies are getting like spoiled. You can get a movie spoiler immediately. So I guess it in that context it kind of makes sense that they're releasing them faster. Uh you know, uh digitally or like outside of the theater cuz cuz they can they're going to be get spoiled anyway. I don't know. I'm reaching, I guess. I don't know. So uh speaking of Marvel, I Marvel, I have some other quick things. Uh some Marvel movie release dates. They're starting to like really push out. Um so yes, December 17th is Spider-Man uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, where they just released a bunch of toys from it. That's May 6th. Oh, it's all the way in May? Why did I think it was in February? So did I. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, that's July 8th. These are obviously 2022. Miss Marvel, uh, 2022. Uh, so Ms. Marvel, uh, that's Kamala Khan. Uh, that's, that's a Disney Plus release, summer 2022. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That's the next movie. That should be November 11th, 2022. We're not really sure. Uh, not just because of the death of um, Chadwick Boseman, but Letitia Wright apparently hurt herself quite badly, and it had to delay. Hmm. The, I uh... did, uh, real quick on that note, um, I did hear that there is some buzz generating around talk about recasting T'Challa. And, yeah. and it's... And they're they're saying basically what I said about it when we talked about you know whether or not they should recast T'Challa, um, that Chadwick Boseman's family is actually saying that no they think Chadwick would agree that the the cultural significance of the character of T'Challa he the the family agrees that they think that Chadwick would think that they should recast the part as well yeah keep just the because going. the character means so much, um symbolically for so many people in the in this country that they really feel like the the character of T'Challa should be recast. And they think Chadwick would agree. Yeah. And I and that was where my sticking point was. If his family was like, do it, then game on. And that should immediately shut down any person trying to create uh drama online. They shouldn't do this, you know, like any sort of blogger or anything complaining. Mm -hmm. It should, but that doesn't mean it will. The family knows what's in his heart. Right. And Disney has been extraordinarily good with his legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not like, I don't know, I've just been, I've been pleased. The art that has come out in honor of him and stuff Mm -hmm. like that has just been, it's been beautiful art. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, keep going real quick. Moon Knight is coming out uh, on Disney+. Plus. She-Hulk is coming out on Disney+. Plus. Very excited about She-Hulk because of Tatiana Maslany, who uh, is one of my like favorites. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special will be Christmas 2022, and it's directed by James Gunn, and will be on Marvel. Um, Disney+, Plus, The Marvels, which is Captain Marvel and uh, uh, Kamala Khan. So that'll be interesting. New Guardians of the Galaxy, and of course... Uh, some other apparently there's armor wars there's a bunch of stuff blade coming out so i'm very excited about where the marvel universe can take us especially with the most recent happenings on hawkeye which uh, 
a very late entry to my uh, possibly getting into my best of the year. I love it. I it feels like home. If that sounds weird, but it just like I want to be part of that cast. It's weird hmm. how that works. So watch Hawkeye, especially you, Rob. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually did have a notable passing this past week. I saw that. Mm-hmm. You guys saw that uh, Anne Rice passed away at the age of eighty. Yeah, that was a little Anne Rice, who gave us actually not too bad non sparkly vampires. <laughs> it's true. That is true. <laughs> the the gothic. I mean, would you call her the gothic guru? I mean, yeah. she, her gothic vampires are almost iconic at this point with uh, Lestat and and uh, Brad Pitt's character. Um, New Orleans vibe. Yeah, the, the New Orleans style uh, gothic vampire. It's crazy to me that she was 80 because in my mind, you know, she's still like however she looked on her book covers back in the 90s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. That I don't know why, but finding out how old she was, I uh, like, I gotta admit I was a little surprised as well that she was eight. Yeah, but perhaps part of that realize, is I don't realize how old I am. I didn't realize <laughs> the interview with the vampire came out in the seventies. Like, did it really? I didn't, I didn't yes. know that either. When was the movie made? Like ninety. It had to be well, it was when it was we were in 90s, high school, wasn't it? Yeah. I went to see it with my high school girlfriend who was going to see it for Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. That's why I went. And then when there was, they were pale and pasty and drinking blood, she was horrified and was like, that was awful. And I was like, no, it was that not. It was really not bad at all. <laughs> no, it was not. That was actually a good that was, vampire that movie. That was the first movie you've ever picked that I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Dangerous Liaisons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miss, Miss Summersby. Oh, God. Was Summersby and uh, uh, what was the other one? Summersby. Far and Away. Far and Away, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, thanks, Bridges of Madison County. I'll I'll pick the movies from <laughs> now on. <laughs> oh god! Well, and speaking of of older movies, the season four trailer for Cobra Kai was released, and it actually looks pretty good. Ooh, I have not actually watched that yet. And it brings it. back the villain from Karate Kid. Three, I think. Interesting. I always forget about Karate Kid Three, the one that the one that tried to um, uh, corrupt Daniel San. Oh yeah, yeah. I have to watch those movies again. It's been too. Long. I do like that show. I'm looking forward to season four. I'm thinking season four may what may wrap it up, but mm-hmm. we'll find out. I think that was already announced. Oh, it is it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and one other, we know there's a lot of news here, but it's been a while. Uh, if you are a Ted Lasso fan, as I am, uh, they did release a ho- little holiday special. I think it's like a claymation kind of thing. I've not yet watched it, but it was just released today. So check out that. It's, I don't think you have to have any sort of streaming service for it. You can just go on YouTube or wherever. But look mm. up the Ted Lasso little holiday special. To go along with the uh, Christmas special, the Christmas episode they released back in July. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas in July. It's really yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> so, we'll we'll move on with our news. I I have a WTF story for you. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, does this involve you? 
It does not. <laughs> but you it were on, could. You we're on this cruise. I just need to ask, is there any uh, Caribbean islands that Americans are not allowed to go to anymore <laughs> due to your shenanigans? Not due to my shenanigans, but while we were cruising, St. Martin apparently was having civil unrest, so we were not allowed to go to the French side. Ooh. There's a French side and a Dutch side to St. Martin, Saint Martin's and awesome. we had to stay on the Dutch side. Wow. Was there, were people being beheaded? I, I don't know. We, we, the French don't get unruly often, but what they do, people they, get beheaded. Thing. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> things. Things yeah. happen. There, there are baskets full of noggins. Yep. Baskets full of noggins. <laughs> So yeah. I think that might be our title. Baskin Noggins. <laughs> Baskin Noggins. <laughs> it's my favorite dessert place. Oh, my God. After I watch Anne Rice movies. Baskin Noggins. Baskin Noggins. 23 flavors or whatever. What is it? 31 flavors? <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay, sorry. Continue. God. Continue with Florida. Well, when when you have a problem with your neighbors – and the way that they park their car, what what is your go to method of expressing yourself? Cry alone at home. <laughs> Complain to my wife and not do anything about it. Yep. Oh, oh I I will occasionally call Robin, bitch. No, I will say, I will, in a very tough and stern way, curse to myself in the car <laughs> as I drive. <laughs> up. Like you know, because that's where that's how people know I mean business. You know. Now, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later, but there's more to this story that I don't think we know about, and they didn't really go into a whole lot in the story, um, but I'll, I'll read you the title. Florida man angry over neighbor's parking habits uses flamethrower at occupied car. <laughs> so I'll let not- that sink in for a minute. So, Where do you so that's flame actual flamethrower, not like a can of Raid and a lighter. <laughs> actual flamethrower. And by the way, the article goes into detail about where you can buy a flamethrower. What? And also that flamethrowers are, in fact, legal for you to own. I would like Why? you to re-ask me that question as to how I deal with neighbor parking problems in about a month after you tell me where I can buy a, a flamethrower. <laughs> You'll be doing that episode so, from jail, but that's fine. <laughs> so here's the thing. It, there, there's a little bit more to this article. He was arrested for aggravated um, aggravated assault. Flaming. Ag- aggravated assault, I think. Um, Andre Abrams, 57, admitted to using a flamethrower, which shoots flames up to 20 feet oh my God. towards his neighbor's parked car over what he says is a long-running feud over their parking. Now, he says that, that the neighborhood has had numerous problems since this family has moved in, and they've had numerous problems with other neighbors that nobody ever really gets into, and they never really get into, in the article, what the parking problem is, what his problem with the parking is. They just say that he has a problem with their parking, and one day the there were three teenagers in the car, and he shot his flamethrower at the car, and the people abandoned the car, but they also said that the flames never came within within more than five feet of the car. So it, it's kind of like he was standing in his driveway shooting a flamethrower at their car, but wasn't anywhere near their car because it shoots it shoots at 20 feet, right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't anywhere near their car. He was just kind of shooting it in the direction of their car. And that was why they arrested him for aggravated assault because, or aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to harm. Because 
He had no intention of harming them. He wasn't even close enough to harm them, but they arrested him for for aggravated assault because he, he discharged it in the direction of their car. He could have been yeah. like he could have really solved everything by being like, "Would you like some s'mores?" Like that's all he had to do. <laughs> like I think if you aim a flamethrower at someone and you ask if they would like some s'mores or a hot dog, then and you're in fact, legally allowed to do it. The owner of the car, when she came out, she said he was still firing it. And I asked him what his effing problem is. So obviously she wasn't even intimidated because she knew he did not intend to hurt them. Just intended to scare the three teenagers that were in the car. Um, But she came out and she started yelling at him, what's his effing problem? And you better not burn up my car and blah, 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 blah. But like I said, they never really go into what the issue is. They just go over the fact that he pointed a flamethrower at the car and turned it on. And then they go into the fact that, um, let's see, where is it? The weapon is an XM42 light flamethrower, which shoots flames up to 20 feet and is manufactured by X Products LLC of Vancouver, Washington. It sells for about $900 online. Hmm. And the company on their website says, you've probably wondered if you can own a flamethrower. And guess what? You can. No permits or licenses needed. Devices are legal to buy and own in every state except Maryland and California. I think people, I think they actually use them to like clear brush and Viet Cong. (laughs) (laughs) If we're being being honest, (laughs) it does require buyers to accept a liability waiver and affirm that they were never convicted of a felony, domestic abuse, or arson. Although Abrams was twice convicted of misdemeanor domestic battery after arrest in 2020 or 2002 and 2004. Hmm. And it wasn't clear whether police had seized the flamethrower. <laughs> I, I absolutely, I absolutely would have seized the flamethrower. I don't what, What's unclear about that? <laughs> I don't, this whole story is, is killing me. If you need to clear your brush or take back Iwo Jima, this is the this is the weapon for you, <laughs> Jesus! Like, why do you have that? It kills me that you can legally own a flamethrower. Yeah, oh I, my I god! I don't understand. That's fantastic. I I almost feel like I need to go buy a flamethrower now, <laughs> just because I can. Check out our website where you can buy your own Gimme 5 flamethrower. Well, $900 is pretty steep, so we're going to need some more patrons. Uh, if you guys want to be a patron and be the reason Rob eventually burns 90% of his body <laughs> by accident, uh, or, uh, yeah, pretty much on accident, uh, you could become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Gimme 5 podcast. It's just $5 a month, and you get all sorts of awesome benefits uh, like talking to us in our patron-only chat or getting to answer questions or getting us to answer questions about you in our own top five list. There are higher levels as well. Uh, there's a patron of unusual size, Alec, who you might have heard on our music-only episode that we just did uh, last weekend, which was quite fun. Ooh. Yeah. That got weird. Which had an actual reindeer <laughs> on it. Nice. I don't know if Rob heard that episode, but it, right as we, like literally as we hit, we're hitting record, an actual reindeer uh, girl wearing reindeer antlers uh burst into omar's apartment yeah and got to join the episode yeah so it's very it's very confusing at the beginning 
because there's like another voice that's not one of us. Uh, and, and she just jumps right in there, man. She, yeah, she just jumps right in there. She's like, she's like, oh my god, you're going to talk about this, and like, like I guess we are now. <laughs> I love that woman. She's one of my. It favorite was a people. suggestion, but you mentioned it, so go tell me your opinion. She. We also have to announce the show, but if you want to hear that, it is the music only episode that's uh, from earlier uh, or from last week. So it should be right Excellent. ahead of this one in the uh, in the feed. And- Apparently. Apparently very popular in Fiji, <laughs> as we were the number eight most listened to entertainment episode in Fiji. Excellent. Yeah, things yeah. got weird this week. <laughs> and Rob, and other things that you get buddy. in the Discord chat is you get to keep up with us, because as the people in the Discord chat know, there were multiple pictures and postings from the week that I was on the cruise. Mm-hmm. Or, or as we come to lovingly refer to it as the drunken boat ride. Mm. It sounds like it was. It sounds like you broke. Hey, oh records. my god! It it was it was a week long cruise, and I that started off very badly. Embarkation day was just an utter fiasco. I don't understand what they were doing or why they were doing it the way that they did. Um, I know that a bunch of people called out from the port uh, side of things, but I mean they had seven seven um, metal detectors where you know they scanned people to get on the boat, but they only had one of them working. And so they were funneling everybody through that. I freaking got, like, strip searched. I mean, they had me take off my shoes. They had me take off my belt. I mean, literally the only thing I had left to take off was my pants. They believed you when you made that phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, literally the only thing I had left to take off was my pants. Then we got funneled into this other area, and because I got strip searched, we had to wait again in another area, and I'm, I'm just so over it. And then we get up to the top, and they're telling us to go, you know, just go over here. And they're, like, making vague gestures. And it's like, all right, well, where do we go? There's a whole bunch of lines here. Are we supposed to just pick one? Or And, you know, there's people standing there not helping people, and they're just, like, twiddling their thumbs, ignoring us until you come up to them and go, can I come to you? And they're like, hi, hello. And I'm like, you fucking dick. Oh, you couldn't God. have called me over when you saw me going, do I go here? Do I well, go Well, you here? weren't wearing pants, so I wouldn't want to call oh, you over. Oh, my either. God. And then we got on the boat. We didn't know where to go because you had to, like, report to certain areas. So we're trying to figure out where we need to go. And there are literally cruise employees standing five feet away from us, listening to us go, where the fuck are we supposed to go? And ignoring us. And finally, we were like, Hello. Where are we supposed to go? And they go, oh, yeah, you can go here. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a Rob is angry about something. Else. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So it will but... be 20 minutes longer than our normal episode. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But, you know, all, after everything was said and done, I mean, I, I pissed and moaned a little bit because they wouldn't sell me the drink package without buying Jen a drink package. But Jen doesn't drink. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. We went back and forth. I... I played bad cop. She played good cop. She found a little Filipino cruise uh, cruise personnel person and, you know, talked to them in Tagalog for a little bit, sweet-talked them, and got me the drink package, and I didn't have to buy any package for her at all. I mean, I had to pay full price for the package, but we made good use of it. Seven-day cruise, I think we put back, like, 120 drinks, which averages out to, like, over 17 a day. And I would the- die. And the last the last day that we were there, Scott and I went drink for drink, and we each had like thirty one drinks throughout the course wow. of the day. It was uh, <clears throat> yeah, have a fondue package because there there is no fondue oh. package, no, yeah. or like a or like a cocktail shrimp. If there's a cocktail shrimp package, I would put that company out of business. <laughs> like oh that. well, you you know what? You could order as many of the cocktail uh, 
as many of the cocktail shrimp at dinner that you wanted. So Jen was just like, keep bringing them. Keep bringing like, them. I, no, like if, if they had that, I would I would leave. I'd look like a goddamn flamingo. You know, like flamingos turn pink because of what they eat. I would eat uh, so many yeah. shrimp, I'd be I'd yeah. be like like flamboyantly pink. On lobster night, Jen had seven lobster tails. Holy shit. Goddamn right. It was like, oh my God. So yeah, awesome. I mean, the, se- seven days was almost too long. Um, I don't know that I could have done much longer no. uh, simply because I, I didn't really feel like there was a whole lot to do because I'm not really a pool a pool slash sunning person, um, you know. So I mean, we we drank. I mean, they had some clubs and stuff, but most of the activities and stuff were like towards the evening. So there wasn't like a ton going on during the day, other than like trivia stuff and and you know various other things. But come over here. Have you ever hunted a dolphin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no. And the. The the port days were, I mean, because the port days kind of ended up just being beach days, and I'm not really a beach person either, so. Yeah. And the the shopping has turned very, very tourist trap commercially. I mean, I remember going to the Bahamas when I was a kid, and there were, like, outdoor markets where they had, like, handmade, you know, stuff. I mean, like seashell even, things. I, yeah, I mean, even if it was crap, it was still handmade stuff that you got from the people of the... Now, I swear to God, we went in, and it was, like, all, like, oh, you know, printed T-shirts. I went to St. Martin, blah, 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 or I went to St. Thomas. And, you know, we went to St. Martin, I swear to God, like, every every store was a jewelry store except for, like, the fifth store in the line was, uh like, a tourist trap crap store. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, jewelry store, jewelry store, jewelry store, jewelry store, tourist crap, jewelry store, jewelry store. I was like, how many jewelry stores do they fucking need? This is ridiculous. But was it relaxing after all that? <laughs> when you're all said and done. Honestly, we—I mean, we ha- we had a good time. Ultimately, we had a good time, and it was <laughs> it was worth it. We had fun. It was nice to get away for a week, not have to worry about anything because you know, like all a lot of the food and stuff was free. I mean, there were places that you could buy food that wasn't you know part of the package. But I mean, you you had enough free food and free drinks and stuff that. You, you nice. didn't really have to worry about anything. And it was nice <laughs> that I could talk about in the patron-only chat making out with your mom, and you weren't there to yell at me immediately. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because you weren't now, on your phone. Now, I will say, at one point, Scott and I felt really, really old because we went and checked out the arcade, and we were looking to see what they had, and we found this game over in the corner. Um, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like a timed thing, and I thought, you know, and Scott was like, God, this game sucks because he starts playing it and, and, you know, just as soon as he gets into it, he's dead. They're like, time's up. And I'm like, what the? So I try it. I'm like, well, maybe you got to kill some of these things to extend the time and blah, 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 blah. And I get to like the second board and time's up. I mean, I'm talking like 30 seconds, right? It's there's like, I'm like, this game sucks. (laughs) And some kid walks up behind us and goes, it's a secret passage. And we're like, what? (laughs) Oh my God. He's like, yeah. And he walks up and he grabs the, he grabs the joystick from the start board runs the character all the way to the left and the 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 game the outside of the game box lights up and he just grabs a handle and swings it away from the wall and I'm like holy shit <laughs> we felt so <laughs> stupid so it was the secret entrance to the kids area on the ship oh my god that's so funny i was like what the f and we went in and looked and it was like the 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 teen kids hangout area they had like games and stuff inside the uh inside this little hallway you know there was a little like uh steel hallway and then a door and then they had like this big open meeting area where all the kids could hang out 
We felt nice. so old because we were trying to play this game, and this kid walks up and he's like, "Stupid guys, what are you doing?" <laughs> Nicely done. Sounds like you had a good time overall, though. Like your story gave me we liver did. damage. We we did, and I gave Omar liver liver damage um, through like second hand yeah, for sure, and I'm fine. <laughs> we we got to get into the actual podcast yep. now. I felt stupid. So did somebody else feel stupid when they watched a whole bunch of physicists talk about something? Uh, did you got who watched Black Holes? Was that uh, yeah you? Omar? Yeah. Okay. I tell us about your black hole. Well, ooh, it is inviting. <laughs> oh, right. Light can't escape from it. <laughs> but sound and odor can, oddly enough. Yeah. Um. So. This is, um, it's a Netflix documentary. It's not by Netflix, but it's on Netflix. It's called Black Holes, The Edge of All We Know. Uh, it, it was released March 2nd of this year. Um, it was directed by Peter Gallison, who I, 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 I didn't really look up, I'm, who I've not heard of. It stars a whole list of people because it's a, it's a uh, documentary. But the main people are... Um, Shep Dolman, Andrew Strom- Strominger, Malcolm Perry. These guys are all theoretical physicists. Um, and also Stephen Hawking. He's like he's kind of like early on in the beginning uh, of the movie, and he's part of this project. And he dies while it's being executed, so he never gets to see how it ends up. But um, I found a really good uh, sort of synopsis. Um, black holes stand at the limit of what we can know. To explore that edge of knowledge, the Event Horizon Telescope links ob- observatories across the world to simulate an Earth-sized mon- instrument. With this tool, the team pursues the first-ever picture of a black hole, resulting in an image seen by billions of people in 2019. Meanwhile, Hawking and his team attack the black hole paradox. So, um, basically, Hawking and his team do the mathematical stuff. And then there's this other guy named um, Shep Dolman who's running all the observatories. And um, they kind of work together uh, to uncover some secrets about black holes and then to put together this picture. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was all over the internet um, back in April of 2019 when it came out. It's like it's just a picture of like a like a little orange disc with like a black circle in the middle. And that's the first ever. I, I do remember that. Uh, you, right? Remember that? That's the yeah. first this is the first picture we actually have of a black hole. And I believe it was from the like M M 37 galaxy, which is a thousand times farther away from us than the center of our own galaxy or something like that. Like it's just some unbelievable distance. And they had to use all of earth's observatories kind of in tandem to take pictures and deliver and, and get evidence of this. And that's what the event horizon telescope is. Overall, it was it was interesting because clearly they've not seen the movie Event Horizon because they wouldn't fuck with that. <laughs> no, no they would not. Nobody in their right mind would do no, that. You're not playing that game, or you're not winning that game. Um, yeah, be like, maybe we should name it something else. And <laughs> Stephen Hawking's like, no, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, it was interesting. It had some cool like animations that showed like some of the concepts, but um, I would have liked them to have broken it down a little bit more for like a lay person there was a good chunk of it that i i just didn't understand and i saw some reviews online that said the same thing 
Um, it definitely didn't have a Carl Sagan type character or Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill Nye. That would have been great. Like a Carl Sagan. Well, like obviously not Carl Sagan. I think he's dead as well. Yeah, he, but... he died in the 90s. Um, he had cancer. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's no like Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson to like really explain it to you in a way that's easy. The science guy. Uh, yeah. Um, he's awesome. That guy's awesome too. Like, but um, so there are so there are some have the kid from like Blues Clues pop in. You know, <laughs> this is what they said for you for you morons out there that grew up on me. Exactly. Have Dora jump in. <laughs> Hola, motherfuckers. Um, so. Black hole. <laughs> but uh, it's it's interesting if you like um, if you're into uh, documentaries or um, space. You know anything about uh, space physics things like that. It is a very interesting um, look into how scientists do this stuff and how many years it takes. Because the documentary spans like half a decade uh, before they get okay. before they finally get that image. Um, so I, I, I recommend it. I, I definitely do recommend it. It's not like the best documentary is I've ever seen. Visually stunning. There's. I've been. I'm a. I'm a fan of putting on documentaries like Nature Ones and just like letting. This isn't like that. This is literally, you know. Uh, astronomer nerds at, at, in, inside of like um, observatories that's really mostly what it is it's, there's, there's no like visual stunning whatever they show like one screen with a bunch of math <laughs> like there's not it's, wow. so it's not like this visually unbelievable thing because we only have the one image of the a black picture. hole like that's the only one we have so they do they do some cool like little animations like I said but it's nothing it it's it doesn't really like define the the movie. Um, it's something that you sit and listen to, and you like you know try to keep up with what they're talking about. So, like I said, so it's it's it it is a little bit difficult, but I, but if you do like this stuff, it, it's worth it. It's worth the watch. It's about ninety eight minutes. Um, okay. So, rec- not highly recommended, but definitely recommend. Excellent. Nice. I think we're going to do a book next. We're actually going to do a series of books. A series of books. Okay, we got. We are, we are running a little long. So okay, I I will I will not go into too much detail on this, but I I came across a series called the Royal Institute of Magic, and it's written by Victor Kloss, and it was one of the the first book was one of those free books that I got from Audible, and I actually enjoyed it enough to pick up the other books in the series. And it's a six-book series. Uh, the first book is Elizabeth's Legacy. was released on uh, August 27th of 2014. Shadowseeker was released in June of 2015. The Protectors, the third book, was released in January of 2016. The Silver Dwarf was released in July of 2016. Last Guardian in September of 2016. So we had three books in 2016, which is actually more impressive in a little bit. And the High Council was released in December of 2017. The, like I said, was written by Victor Kloss. And the reason that it was impressive that he had three books come out in 2016 is because he actually passed away November 5th of 2016. Damn. And then had another book come out in December of 2017. Uh, The synopsis is... Ben, dealing with the sudden disappearance of his parents, eventually finds evidence there may have been foul play involved. He follows clues that lead him to a hidden world of magic. Bringing his longtime friend Charlie along for the ride, they make new friends and enemies as they navigate the new and bewildering customs presented by the various races, factions, and kingdoms of this world as Ben continues to attempt to uncover the real reason his parents vanished. 
Ben and Charlie, with their new friend Natalie, uncover a plot by the Dark Elves intending to overthrow and subjugate not only the magical realm, but the human world as well. And of course, they have to stop it. So it's it's a six-book series. It's very Harry Potter-esque, I would say. It's it's a little bit more youth-oriented, but I mean, in actuality, the Harry Potter series was actually written for kids. But the level of writing is is, I would consider it a little bit under what is presented in the Harry Potter series. But it is still a very enjoyable series. And I listen to it on Audible, so I can recommend the the Audible the Audible version of the book as well. It is a compelling story, and it's one of those that I was always looking forward to the next book. And it actually wasn't until I finished the series and began looking to see if there were more stories uh, in this world that I actually found out that Victor Kloss had passed away before the final book was completed. Mm. And... In retrospect, when I when I was listening to the final book, there were t- clues towards the end of the book, but it was still actually very seamless. And I, I am a little sad that we won't get any further stories in that world, but I would definitely recommend it if you're looking for something to, you know, scratch that Harry Potter itch. And one of the things that I really liked was that the the sixth book in the series was actually written by his brother. They were they were a year apart, but they worked very closely on putting these books together. And so Darren kind of acted. Darren was his brother, and he kind of acted as like his beta reader. Um, just real quick, I'll read you the little the little letter that he wrote for the fans at the end of the of the last book. And it says, uh, "Well, it's finally happened: the release of the last installment of the Royal Institute of Magic series, The High Council by Victor Kloss." I wanted to take the opportunity to tell you a bit about the book and its backstory. Victor was my older brother, but only by a year. We were very close and used to do everything together. We grew up on tales from the Lord of the Rings that our father used to tell us before we went to bed. As young as five, oh, as young as five years old. Reaching the age of 12 and 13, respectively, we read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and at that time, already talking about writing a book. We got into Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons and Warhammer, as well as the first role-playing computer games such as Daggerfall and Baldur's Gate. We were avid readers of various genres, but we both preferred fantasy. He then wrote his first novel, downloaded, but never released it. He continued writing stories and sending them to many publishers, always getting positive responses, but not enough to go all the way. Finally, he created the Royal Institute of Magic. There were various agents interested, but after quite a significant amount of back and forth, we did our own research into indie publishing. He decided to go for it, and I'm sure we can all agree what a great move that was. So this series was indie published which is actually fairly impressive considering everything that was going on for him. I thought you might be curious to know how Vic went about writing this fantastic series, partly because you might find it interesting, but also so you understand that this book, that this final book is 100% his book. Vic used me throughout the series as his primary beta reader. We discussed all sorts of points from the characters to the plot, cover, and name of each book and so forth. With Elizabeth's, with Elizabeth's legacy, Vic would give me batches of three chapters at a time. I would read them and give him detailed feedback. I've read hundreds of fantasy books over the years, and so my input, I believe, was quite helpful. They did the same on 2 and 3, but when it came to book 4 onward, he gained a lot of confidence in his characters and story, and I started reading a quarter of the book at a time, and my feedback became more and more, it's great, with minor points made. The humor in the High Council, which is the book that Darren wrote for him, is very much Vic's, and the characters are definitely people he would have liked. When we knew Vic wasn't going to make it, he asked me to finish the final book of the series. 
He had plotted the entire book and even written a bunch of the chapters. As we had been so close on the series, and I had read it more times than I can remember, he wanted me to make sure the final book was as great as the rest. I want you, the readers, to know that this is Vic's book. This is his final book for you. He laid it out in detail with a great plot, twists and turns, action and fun. You'll get to travel on this final journey with Ben, Charlie, and Natalie in this wondrous world of magic and dragons, spell shooters, and dark elves. He loved to hear from you all, and your reviews and comments meant the world to him. Although he is gone, you can absolutely write me if there are any story points you would like to know more about, or if you have any questions about my brother. And it says, please email, and he gives the email address. Um, on behalf of my beloved brother, enjoy the final book of the series. And uh, Victor Kloss actually passed away from, I guess, what was very aggressive lymphoma. Mm-hmm. But he fought it for a long time and finally passed away. And like I said, with, with him fighting aggressive lymphoma, it's actually very impressive that he released three books on the year he died. Mm-hmm. There's got to be quite a bit of nausea and desire to not be sitting in front of a computer typing. Reading letters when you're not yeah. feeling well. Yeah. And... Like I said, I actually really enjoyed the series, and I would I would recommend it to anybody who is a fan of like the Harry Potter style thing, where you know the kid is in like a quote unquote school and he's learning, but is facing these things that are bigger than he is, but leans on other people to help him out and stuff like that. So it's a it's a pretty pretty good series, and I would recommend it. Nice. Okay. Well, we are sticking with fantasy. We are. Yeah. And Omar told me not to tell any of you guys about the fantasy he told me about the other night. But we're going to just talk about that instead of what we have <laughs> planned. Because yeah, just in case I disappear, you guys need to know. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna blog about it. It's fine. Oh, okay, so That's we're good. good. Uh, we are going to talk about the Wheel of Time, which yeah, we, we talked are. about in the news uh, a few years ago when Amazon dropped a crap load of money on it for Amazon Prime. Uh, this was released in a weird thing you got you wrote about. Um, came the first uh, two or three episodes, three episodes came three out episodes. on uh, November nineteenth of two thousand twenty-one, and then they released. Now they're releasing each episode um, since uh, once a week, and I think they're up to episode six. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And episode seven will come out probably at midnight tonight, or possibly tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um. I knew nothing about Wheel of Time. I just knew that it was a thing that existed. I Yeah, neither did I. I got through a bunch of the other kind of high-level stuff that I was watching that involved you to kind of get immersed in a world. Uh, and I was like, okay. I l- waited a couple weeks to, like, wash the – there's been a lot of stuff that on all the streaming sites that invo- that you have to get involved in, like, how a different world works. And – it gets in my brain it gets kind of crossed so i waited and then finally i was like okay wheel of time game on and let's uh, do it yeah and i've uh you know i've enjoyed it and i can always tell if i enjoy something by if i because i usually watch this stuff late at night and if i just can't wait to start the next episode mm-hmm. and that's you know if there's something that i'm like oh yeah i gotta finish that Ugh. which you know does happen um then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just watching it to be a completist. But this, I was like, okay, gonna sit down, game on. So, uh, what uh, I don't, did I write this down? Um, the synopsis: uh, set in a high fantasy world where magic exists, but only some can access it. A woman named Moraine crosses paths with five young men and women. This sparks a dangerous world-spanning journey based on the book series by Robert Jordan. 
And this actually does star Rosamund Pike, Daniel Henney, Zoe Robbins, Madeline Madden, Joshua Stradowski, Marcus Rutherford, Barney Harris, Kate Fleetwood, Priyanka Bose, Hamed Anamashon, <laughs> Alvaro Morte, Taylor Napier, and many others. And it's a really good cast, actually. Involves and it involves a guy that looks a little bit like Omar in high school. If he was crossed with uh, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, I don't. Mm. I don't yep. even. I have no response to that. <laughs> I don't even know where to go <laughs> with that. <laughs> okay, you'll know who if you watch. Oh, well, all right. You'd be like that son of a bitch. He'll you be watching. Be like, oh, there he is. That son of a that's bitch. That's him right it. there. Yeah, that's gonna be my new avatar. And. <laughs> And I was after watching this, I was like, I I have not read this series, and it, you know, in fact, someone once recommended The Eye of the World to me, and I disliked it so much that I never finished it. I may need to give this series another chance. It, I mean, it's high fantasy. The story is so much up my alley that I I, I wasn't sure what my issue was, but it, it, when thinking back on it, I do know what it was. Somebody said it was the sequel to Willow, and I'm like, this has nothing to do with Willow. What is why am I reading this? What is this garbage? Um, but I may have to give it another shot. Uh, it's a solid show if you're a fan of the fantasy genre. I love Rosamund Pike. And, you know, all of the cast is great. The The special effects, I felt, are on par with what I would expect from a movie. I mean, it's it's a solid show, and I'm looking forward to continuing to it. Continuing as long as the book series did. Although that may be a little long. That was, uh, there are 14 books. Eleven written by uh, they were written by Robert Jordan, uh, and the last three was uh, were written by Brandon Sanderson, who is a Correct. favorite of of ours on the show. Um, and uh, I actually looked up a little bit about Robert Jordan, and he's like, this is all I'll said about him. He was a history buff that likes hunting, fishing, sailing, poker, chess, pool, and pipe collecting, and he was also an Episcopalian that went for a communion more than once a week. And I just <laughs> I just picture that guy's just sitting in like a a hunting lodge with books all around him on like a leather like chair and just with reeking, a pipe hanging out of his mouth and reeking of Tabasco like a... smoke or Tabasco smoke, tobacco smoke and mm-hmm. uh, like brandy and like <laughs> calling you like a, a Nancy boy. If you, if you do anything, I, I picture the old like tweed jacket with a little leather patch uh-huh. on the shoulder for yeah. like where you would put a, a, a rifle yeah. butt or something. Yeah. Really, really tall walls that are just covered in dead animals. <laughs> like, and, an, and like a chandelier made out of antlers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what, what it is. And I'm not wrong. I'm pretty sure. And his house, like they said, his house was like super old too, like in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the author. Uh, <laughs> the The show itself, I've, I have actually enjoyed it. Um, it's weird because the some of the reviews mentioned that the first episode is the weakest of the episodes. And I kind of, it took me a while to get into it. Uh, and also people mentioned that the, of the books, the first one is the weakest of the books too and that hmm. which is why i was i was wondering if maybe that's why you another reason why you stopped and then when it gets rolling especially that first episode when it gets rolling about 45 minutes in it's like okay you're like ooh, all right yeah. and that of course is a, a the typical high fantasy attack on a village with with fire and innocent women children peasants you know being slaughtered basically by beasts and people trying to get them out of the town or to hide them in a in a uh, secure location, that kind of stuff, and it was it was brutal, mm-hmm. and it was I was like okay, and up until that point, I just did I didn't know 
if it was going to be again like you said with the previous book if it was going to be something made for kids or something made for teens but when that attack happened i was like yeah this is okay they're 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 going more lord of the rings and less uh well harry potter's not the best example but we'll just say less harry potter Mm -hmm. um so what uh what what stood out about it for you um i mean i i I might have to say the the what's the the right word for it the the i want to say the epicness of it all but that that's not quite what i mean i i mean the the scope of the quest so to speak okay you know what i mean and it's um it's kind of like a discovering of your own because the the five the five main characters that the that Moraine has come across we don't really know what their skills are yet and it feels like it's going to be one of those coming of age discovering yourself discovering your powers kind of quests and it's going to be one of those things where it's like on the job training and we're going to learn as we go. And I'm already very attached to all of the characters. I like all of them. I There's a few characters I like more than others. And I'll, I'll – these are very small complaints, but there's thing, there's a few things that, that I that did catch me. Um, mm-hmm. One, there's one character that looks a little bit too modern when you first in, when they first introduce him. And it's okay. – and I, I talked to you on the phone about this, obviously. But the um, – the shepherd's boy, whose name I yep. never remember, um, Randall Thor. Yeah, he has, he almost looks a little bit like um, Ryan Felipe back in like the nineties. <laughs> okay, uh, and he's when he first appears, he's like with his father, and it's like it. The scene is just a little too clean, um, mm-hmm. and he looks a little too modern. I happen to like the character now. I liked him. I started liking him a lot more when they got into that village, that town, when that one. Uh, the the one death f- friend of death or whatever tried to like mm-hmm. like seduce them or whatever um so i started liking him more then but that so that caught me a little off guard and the other thing there was a couple set pieces or a couple scenes that like you know like when you were watching when you watch game of thrones and they were in like winterfell and everything was like everything just looked like it was like a foot deep of like pig shit mhm like like after an orgy at Omar's house, pig shit <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah, pig shit all yeah, over, all like over the place. It's <laughs> it's like if you don't want me to invite you next time, <laughs> then I won't. <laughs> no, it's like it's, but like it looked like it was a real place. Mm-hmm. There was a couple set pieces that looked almost like a pre Harry Potter Disney or Universal style thing. Where like I don't know how to explain it, but like you know when you're at a theme park and like. They make something look like rock, but you can still see it's like got layers and layers of paint on it, so everything is kind of smooth mm-hmm. and and almost cartoonish. There's a few sets early on, and I was like, "Oh, that looks too much like a set." But then later on, there was a few sets that were like, "Okay, this is on location." So I think that was just probably a budgetary thing, but it's just something that okay. pulled, pulled me out of it momentarily. And I said it's a minor pick, picky thing. Okay. Um, so it's really my only complaints um, about the show. It's um, 
characters, as you said, are all pretty likable. I like the whole wolf situation. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I like I like the magic, the the wisps of like partially transparent white magic, yeah. and then the venom esque darker wisps like that intertwining. Yeah, mm-hmm. those look awesome. Uh, not a big fan of the guy that looks like uh, Omar and uh, the guy from Nerds, uh, <clears throat> Love Child. Not a fan of him because he's a little creepy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it is worth a watch. What about the one friend? Which one friend? The that seems to make bad decisions like all the time. The one that's looks kind of ill. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think he's a red herring because they they're making him look very very sick at this point. Um, like dark circles under his eyes, and you know one of these people is supposed to either be the dragon is what a, a male that can use magic. Without going crazy, is that no, kinda... no. The dragon reborn is they they say multiple times that it it could be a male or a female, or just at the at the end of the last episode they were hinting that it might be a couple of people. Apparently, that's different from the book. Apparently, the in the book it has to be a male. Uh, there's a a fairly sho- I'll say shocking, but shocking based on the characters uh, seen earlier in the first in the first episode during the attack. Mm-hmm. when the character that I happen to like the best kind of is in the midst of killing one of the uh, very awesome-looking creatures that I will... Uh, what are they called? Trolloc. Trolloc, yes. The, the ogres or the orcs of this world. And uh, gets tapped on the shoulder after he's like in a frenzy and he uh, kills his own wife. And that's that's uh, the actor that does it. He's You can tell that it's kind of eating at him. and that was a, It's kind of a cool little side storyline. But apparently that character was made up for the show as well. Who, the um, wife or the actual character? The wife. The wife. Gotcha. So there's a, there are a few changes, um, particularly that and the one uh, the one female character that's not the main witch, but the the one with the one female character that you see her as a little girl with the fishing village and all that stuff. I think she's new to the the TV show as well. Really the the seat. I think so. I don't know. There was a couple things that I read that as I was scanning through, um, I didn't want to spoil anything by accident. So I was just looking at reviews of the earlier episodes and like the guy was putting in parentheses like that's different from the book and that's different from the book. So, hmm. so no, it's, I think it's worthwhile. It's, uh, you know, if you guys have some time over, uh, the holiday break, you can check it out on Amazon prime. Yeah. It's one of the ones that's on my save list. It looks good. It is definitely worth yeah, watching. It looks good. Yeah, you'll like it, it with your history of Lord of the Rings, and it's it's very similar uh, in tone. All right. So, yeah, I've enjoyed it very much. That's good. Uh, that's it for tonight, I believe. Yeah, that is all. But I do believe we do have another top five, and it fit very well into our topics this week. That is true. Scroll down my notes to get to it. Okay. So, being that we had not one, but two book series that were referenced tonight, which were in fact written by authors who passed away before the series was completed, we want to know what your top five series 
written by an author who passed away before they were completed. Now it could have remained it could have remained incomplete or it could have been finished by another author, but the the main author passed away before the series was complete. Shit. I can't count because my list of five is actually a list of four. Ooh. So I'm gonna have to uh make some adjustments. Okay, we took a brief pause so we could so I could figure out how many five was. Uh, that's what happens, Rob, when you leave and leave me alone with Omar. I forget how to count. <laughs> uh, Omar rubs off on you. Or maybe just, Omar just rubs on so, you. It's in one of the so two. Many ways. Sure. Yeah, it's both, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with my the top five people that did not finish their, uh, their epic stories. Uh, my number five is going to be Robert Jordan from The Wheel of Time. Now, I don't know the actual book, but I like the show enough to want to check out the book. Mm-hmm. And um, if nothing else, to check out some summaries of it to see if it's something that won't you know drive me crazy because i have so much other stuff to read uh no my number four is uh, jeffrey chaucer who was mm. of course going to do all of the canterbury tales but did not finish them as he died oh um i guess the what what, year, what era was he in the 15th century 16th i don't even know something like that 16th like the, i'm 14th, sure the medicine 15th wasn't century he was the 13th century if I recall. 13th yeah century there we go yeah pro- I'm, I don't know exactly how he died, but it was either uh, murdered by the church or the plague, which is literally how everyone died. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> plague, plague rats or uh, put to death by the church. Yep. Okay. Uh, number three, we're going Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, uh, he didn't finish that, nor did he finish uh, the book Salmon of Doubt. That's the salmon like the fish, which is about Dirk Gently, uh, <laughs> which was my uh, alias in college. Dark Gently. Uh, number two, Stieg Larsson, which was a surprise because his book became very popular. Right but it wasn't until that... after he died. <laughs> it was like right around the time. Like the people that were kind of into going to bookstores were starting to really read that book. And then he died like – and then it blew up because I remember that summer everyone was walking around reading that book. Um, and then there was a big deal because he wasn't really in touch with his family and his like live-in girlfriend that had been with him forever ended up with – like the family stole the money even from her or something. It was a big deal. But anyway, uh, my number one is Dune, or Frank Herbert, him passing away before he finished the Dune stories. Uh, his son eventually took it over and did eventually find, I think, uh, found some uh, manuscripts and was able to kind of finish it very recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Dune phase in high school, uh, but I believe it was mostly so that I could look cool carrying around a giant sci-fi book which I think, I think i read dune because of you actually it was probably the case like i, I really i didn't know what cool was back then. i don't know what cool is. i don't <laughs> care real honest i don't care about being cool but i did carry around a giant uh, dune book in high school well dude you know what cool is you had tons of beanie babies <laughs> you you were cool as shit i collected the hell out of some pogs <laughs> i think you even had a tamagotchi at one point man you were on fire Actually, I have a Tamagotchi right now. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> someone bought it for my someone bought it for my child, and my wife won't let me take the little thing out of the battery. You know, like the little plastic thing out of the battery because she feels guilty if it dies. Oh, that's hilarious! So oh, she's like, God. "Don't even activate it." So it's in the drawer next to my refrigerator. Anyway, sorry. Continue. That. Now, if it dies, can't you just start over? Yes, but my wife gets guilt. Ah, that's really so. Funny. 
So it's just we're just not going to activate that Tamagotchi and just let it. It's it's going to be um, Schrodinger's Tamagotchi. We don't know if it's going to live or die because it's never going to be activated. Go on. Who's up? Omar. Me? Okay. Um, my top five. I, I can't uh I can't do this straightforward. So my number five, and I, I understand I, I get it, I get what I'm saying, is George R. R. Martin, because it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> Sorry. It's just not, it's not gonna happen. Uh number four, I'm gonna go with Melanie Rowan with the Exile series. Number... She's technically not dead yet, but she's up there, and they don't know that she's ever actually going to finish the series. The um, dude with the dragon tattoo, Stieg Larsson, is my number three. Mm-hmm. And then for two and one, uh, you know, there's standard favorites. Uh, I'm going to go, my number two was Dune, because it was awesome. And number one was uh, Douglas Adams for Hitchhiker's Guide, because that was so goddamn good. Um, I had to throw that one in there because that's one of my. I went through the my hitchhikers and Kurt Vonnegut phase, kind of like your Dune phase. You know what I mean? Yes, you were you were quite insufferable that year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was I, the, I, almost as bad as the year that Rob became a vegan. <laughs> yeah, I was so angry that entire I, year. I would imagine yeah, was... you were hungry, Rob. You were I was. He just talked about being a vegan while he was eating meat. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be eating this steak. God damn it. But I need it. Check out my leather shoes. <laughs> well, I I had a couple of different ones on mine, but at number five, I've also got the Wheel of Time for the same reasons as Greg mentioned. I've I've actually I'm actually very interested in the show and I may end up reading the books as a result just because I'm very much enjoying the show. My number four is going to be Stieg Larsson with the the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Uh, Douglas Adams is number three with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. My number two is actually the Royal Institute of Magic by Victor Kloss. I've really enjoyed that series. It's a lot of fun. It's I mean, it's for a younger crowd, but I enjoyed it very much. But my number one was one that I read in my late teens. Um, it's an author named Joel Rosenberg. And he actually wrote two series that I felt were incomplete. One of them is listed as complete, but when I read the final book, it really felt like there was supposed to be another one. But, I mean, he finished that series in 98, and I think he passed away in, like, 2011. But he does have an unfinished series. The first book in that was Paladins. And I actually really like that series as well. It's about um, uh, knights who wield swords that contain souls of, of fallen warriors. And um, there's there's good swords and bad swords, uh, you know, light swords and dark swords. Um, and as you find out more about it, you find out that the purer souls are actually younger, uh, younger contributors. Huh. Um, that actually sound, does sound interesting. There, it's 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 a pretty good series, but there's only two books in the series, hmm. unfortunately. Nice. And it was incomplete. Well, this episode actually is now complete. Complete. So if you have, if you want to uh, offer up any uh, authors or really any th- people that did not complete their masterworks or their series, whether it's, I was trying to look into comics because that's technically books too, but I couldn't really mm-hmm. find much. But 
you can do music or movies or whatever if you want to offer anything up you can always reach out to us uh on twitter give me five pod uh or instagram of course uh give me five podcast at gmail.com is how you email us and uh to tell us all these things or you can just go to give me five podcast.com and check out all of our other musings there uh if you are looking for a gift for the holidays it might it probably would have to be soon but we do have a bunch of shirts and fun things at give me five podcast.threadless.com get someone a cell phone case get someone a bathroom carpet or a shower uh curtain or uh perhaps a t-shirt which would be the normal thing or a hoodie but with our logo or other fun retro inspired things and as i always say thank you for tuning in or listening Thank you. Also, Charles Dickens was another one. Oh, really? The, the Mystery of Edwin Drood. Technically, it's a novel, but when it was being released, it was released as a serial. And uh, he died, Dickens died before he could tell us what happened at the end of the story. Interesting. Son of a bastard. What an asshole. <laughs> That's just rude. Yeah. Omar, do you have do you have a list of five? Um, no. Start. Let's start with because you know me. Let's start. <laughs> Omar is so terrible. Yeah, I, at this. I really am. <laughs> I don't. I don't apologize. Next time we next time we get a new host, we should be like, okay, I'd like you to count to five. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tell me your top five favorite numbers <laughs> from one to five. From one to five. My number five is two. I may <laughs> I make no apologies. <laughs> Sorry. <Wow. clears throat> now I'm coughing.